What is it like being a creative director? And what advice can you give to other creative directors? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. Welcome to the Command Z Show. Shelby, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I just noticed that Matt and I are matching today. It's perfect. Look at us go. I know. Look at that. It's great. It's Friday. Yeah. Um, this is like my favorite hoodie. I just wear this pretty much every other day now. Um, so it was really only a matter of time until we did yeah. match. That's, that's kind of yeah. how it goes. Um, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a maroon hoodie, and maroon is pretty much in my basic wardrobe at all times, so it makes sense. I've been a big fan of maroon <laughs> lately. I don't know. Uh, I, for the last couple of years, I've been, like, loving orange and yellow. Um, I feel like I wear brighter colors than I'm supposed to. I don't know. For my personality, anyway. I don't know. I just, <laughs> is I, your personality not very yellow? I don't think so. I feel like I'm, like, uh, pretty vanilla. Like, I'm <laughs> neutral, like, I, mostly boring, but I don't know. There's just, sometimes like the splash of color, I guess. No. Yep, well, that's all no. we got here today, so. Okay. Conversation <laughs> colors. Um, Matt's aura is vanilla, yep. so. For sure, 100%. Like, I literally, <laughs> like, if I have to choose a flavor of ice cream, well, first of all, it, it's Reese Cups. That is the only flavor that really should exist in this world. But if I have to choose between, like, vanilla, strawberry, or chocolate, it's always vanilla. Yeah. I will always take a homemade vanilla. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. French vanilla especially. And I know how much you love French things. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, French vanilla, to me, is, like, the best uh, okay. I know, and I, I'm French, but I am a homemade vanilla girl. That that salt, mm, so good. Yep. yep. Uh, but anyway, I'm auras. That's that's a conversation for the day. I like it. Uh, all right. So let's see here. We have uh, we have some things to talk about today. Um. Do you want to do you want to just jump in? Anything else new? That's that's about it. Okay. I'm boring. Well, so. here, here we have it. We wear maroon and eat vanilla. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get serious, everybody. Focus. Uh, Focus. Shelby, you have a question today. Yes. Technically, it's my question that I asked you to ask me. Technically, it's your question. But yeah. I'm going to pretend like I'm surprised, and then we'll just we'll get into <laughs> this here. Let's hear it. So Matt's question, completely unprompted. <laughs> right? Yeah. The question of the day is... Um, what is it like being a creative director and what advice can you give to other creative directors? Yes. Great question, Shelby. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me start here. Um, this is a, a, a question that I, I get every so often from people. Uh, and I, I start here because this role of creative director that I play on a day-to-day basis is not something that I necessarily chose, if that makes any sense. It was just mm-hmm. kind of a role that needed to be filled, and I did it. Um, you know, I intentionally created a, a business, and in that business, 
my initial intention was that like okay I would be an animator designer and you know that's that's how I would work through things and I I don't know I guess I I thought that I could build a team and then I just play this role in the middle kind of and I would have been totally happy with that but the more people we started adding onto the team I realized that there needed to be a clear leader there needed to be um, a clear direction, right? And that direction coming from the middle is a little bit weird. Um, not very common. I'm not saying it's impossible to do something like that, but um, it became a little bit of a struggle to be able to do the work and be able to help others do great work as well. Um, so it, it was just kind of this, I don't know, at first there was a lot of friction, as far as like I'm just I'm busy right now like leave me alone I didn't say that to anybody but it's like in my head that's when I'm like I can't get anything done if everybody keeps reaching out to me about different things yeah um so I mean it wasn't until yeah, probably a year or so ago where I actually just leaned into it I'm like okay you know what I am creative director um do I have experience doing this no not necessarily have I had great creative directors in the past yes so I, I, I had something to look at anyway. Yeah. And I, I had some sort of model, I guess. <laughs> I call them role models, I suppose. Um, <laughs> that, I, I don't know, like I, I would always constantly just, just reference how they handled certain situations and I would try to handle it in similar ways or change or do it the opposite way if I thought they did it wrong. Like, I don't know, you kind of have to... I don't know, sort through the good and the bad with people that you've worked with in the past, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, so I guess like, especially this year, you know, our, our team went from five people to 21 people and I have 20 people generally looking at me for different decisions throughout any given day. Now I try to, let everybody, you know, I, 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 we had this conversation yesterday, Shelby, but like, I, I try not to micromanage anybody. Um, I want everything to run as well as it can without me. And I'm there to just help with certain things that might be a struggle. Or if I see that things are not really progressing, then I jump in and see if I can try to unclog the drains, basically. I'm basically a plumber. Also, I'm sorry if I keep coughing throughout this. I'm going to mute my mic for one second. I'm fine. Totally fine. Uh, Anyway. So, I um, don't remember what I was talking about at this point. (laughs) No, I remember. You're a plumber. I'm a plumber, right. So, Mario Brothers. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Uh, so, you know, a lot of my role came to be out of necessity, not because I made this job description and then tried to figure out like, okay, how do I be this? It was like, oh, we need somebody to do this. So my experience being a creative director is completely self-taught. Like, yes, I, I've read books. I've, I've tried to learn as much as I could, um, not necessarily about being a creative director, but more about being a good leader. Um, Another pause for a cough there. 
I'm going to try to make sure I mute every single cough that we have here. Um, but anyway, so... Um, so I, it's 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 definitely been, you know, over the last year or two, it's been this weird struggle of, like, trying to, to be this, this person that I didn't necessarily set out to be and mm-hmm. still find fulfillment in that thing as well. Um, is... Again, I don't want to call it a struggle. I, I love what I do. But there's certain days where I'm like, oh, man, I wish I was making stuff still. Um, like, I I know I could. I know I could jump in and do this thing. But is my time better spent elsewhere? And the answer is usually yes. So I'm like, okay, let's, you know, let's let Shelby do that. Let's let Graham take care of this. Like, I don't know. It's trying to be honest with yourself and not do the things that you know that you know how to do. Um, I don't know. I guess I sort of think of it like, like driving. I always prefer to drive a car that I'm in. It actually makes me quite uncomfortable to not be the driver of a car that I'm in, even if it's like that makes that makes so much sense with you. I know it does. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a control freak, I suppose. But even if I'm like uh, with my mother, father-in-law, and we're going on vacation, I'm like, scoot. <laughs> I will be driving. Um, but honestly, most of that's because I'm like, I don't get very stressed when I'm driving and other people seem to, and like that stresses me out. So I'm like, just let me drive. It's just relaxing for me. Time goes faster for me. Um, but anyway, so in this case of like, you know, jumping in and trying to do the work, it's almost like trusting other people to drive. And mm-hmm. um, it can, it can definitely be hard. Like I still have my days where I'm like, again, I want to, jump in there and like do the thing myself but then I'm like you know what it's not that's not the important part here um you know I I bring a lot of this up because I think that this is a natural transition that all creative directors have to go through I honestly I don't think that anyone comes out of college and they're like I want to be a creative director um I think it's just it's a stop on the journey for for most people where they're like you know maybe you want to be an art director or maybe you want to be a designer or developer Mm -hmm. um photographer writer um and that's that's where the journey starts but then usually it's like okay after six or seven years you Mm -hmm. you know want to keep your career going you know so it's this natural place that people end up going to yeah um but even in those situations it's like okay well you have no training of being a creative director you are supposed to just jump into this role and be that person and there's so many different ways of being that person. And, um, but ultimately, like I was saying before, like, I think it ultimately comes down to just being a good leader, trying your best to be a good leader, mm-hmm. uh, more so than just like this creative genius, which I think is what most people put as the, um, I don't know, the persona of a creative director is they're supposed to be this genius wearing a maroon beret. <laughs> Yeah, you like that? You know, I'm a producer, so I can do whatever I want. Thank you. <laughs> well, hold on a second. I got to laugh real quick. <laughs> Great. I wasn't coughing just then. I was just laughing. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's been a, It's been a weird path, and I think it's made me very uniquely suited to be able to kind of talk to that transition of going from you know artist animator 
designer to creative director that is a mm-hmm. bit more hands off at this point. Um, uh, let's let's go back to the question again. Uh, you were saying that um, what was the first part of that question that you had? Well, kind of, uh, what what is it like being a creative director, and right. you know, what advice can you give? But I do have another question, just kind of out of that conversation. Yeah, go ahead. Um, speaking a little bit, because you you don't want to feel like, you know, like oh, you know, I don't want to have to jump into this, or you know, even if a project may necessitate a little bit of help, it's like how can I get somebody else to to work on this instead, so I can focus on other things. Do you ever have moments where you see kind of a cool project? of I really wish that I was animating on this. I wish that I was more involved with this. That's a great question. Um, no, I don't. Um, weirdly, I don't. It's interesting. Um, it is. It is interesting because I wouldn't have thought that either. I guess in, in the career that I've had, I'm, I think I've said this before, but I have nothing left to prove. I don't, I don't yeah. need to prove anything to anybody at this point. And that, that took me a long time to get to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. And I hope it doesn't make me sound like an ass but, or an arrogant prick. <laughs> but it's just kind of how I feel about it. Where, like, I had big goals whenever yeah. I was a kid. And I did those. I, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Maybe not exactly, but, like, close enough. Yeah. And, um... Honestly, it became a little bit frustrating to me of, like, just getting in there and and making, like, doing the animation. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, all right, we're doing another animation. Like, I just, I didn't enjoy it as much as other people do. Yeah. And that that was kind of a little wake-up call to me where it's like, oh, like, I have fun doing what I do. I, you know, today, like, it's beginning of December. I'm trying to figure out all the financial stuff before the end of the year. I have fun doing Mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, so I I don't know, to me, it's kind of like, you know, just because I've trained my entire life to be this thing, I could still do stuff different. Like, I I don't know, I guess at a certain point I was like, I was like, okay, I have nothing left to prove. Um, I know I can do these things. I know that even in 10 years, if I was to take a step back and get back into it 10 years from now, I know I could. And now that's, Mm -hmm. I know that's a cocky thing to say, (laughs) but I I believe it. Like, I I know what I have to do. Like it would take me time to kind of build up that skill again, but I know I could if if that's really what I wanted. So like I don't feel like I lost anything. I feel like it's still there, but I'm exploring other doors in the building now, kind of thing. Um. I, so like I don't know. There's that, and then there's also I still feel pretty responsible for the work that we do. I feel the sense of ownership almost as if I was animating something. I still feel that same ownership in the things that we make. And um, that's something that was a surprise to me because I I guess I assumed that, okay, well, if I'm not actually making the things, I'm not going to feel a sense of ownership of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I do, you know, I don't, I don't take credit for anything, uh, <laughs> but I still feel a level of ownership with the things that, that we do because when it all comes down to it um i'm trying to be really honest and open and really self-aware here but when it comes down to it the work that we we make 
Um, no, I'm not responsible for doing the animation, for doing the design, for writing the script, but I am responsible for putting these specific people together to be able to yeah. create something. There, I, I don't know. I guess I'm an artist in the way that a curator is at a museum. Mm-hmm. And that's still pretty fulfilling. Um, I don't know. Like, I love that description of I, of a creative director is almost like a curator. I think that's that's great. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's important to be able to. It's about taste. It's about you know having that, being able to know what is good, what is bad, what does the client like, what do they hate, what is going to actually push us forward, and what is just call, just phoning it in and just doing a decent job. Like, mm-hmm. And all of those things happen on any given day, but you have to make those decisions. Um, I don't know. I, uh, it's a good question, and I, I know a lot of people would feel quite different from me, but I guess for me, I, I was... I'm okay with closing or turning to the next chapter in my life. And I, I don't have any regrets. Um, it's weird because like I, I say this, but there's one story that sticks in my mind where one place that I worked at, um, there's uh, there was two co-founders and the, the, the company was about 20 people or so. And um, it's just a really good bunch of people, like great, great culture, cool building. Everyone did good work. Nice. But... I remember like it was like what's my first couple weeks uh, at this company and I see one of the co-founders stepping into like the artist area sitting at a computer and start working on something. I was like, wow. So I go over there and I see what he's doing and I'm like, do, do you always do this? Like, like that's interesting to me um, that somebody could be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for a couple of days he was working on something and then he kind of disappeared after that. And I started asking some of the other people, I was like, is that like a the common thing that happens? And they're like, every so often he just kind of, I don't know, feels like he's losing his touch and he'll come out here and kind of do some things. Um, but you can tell it, it was personal to him. Like he, mm-hmm. know he, did, he, he knows he didn't have to do that, but there was something personal that, that he was going through at that moment. This battle, and it was that, is that mm-hmm. battle where he wasn't ready to let, he stopped before he was ready and he honestly I just don't think he had a whole lot of other things to do he helped build a company and then he just I don't want to say too much because I think it might be obvious for some people who this is but he <laughs> I think he he just he ran out of things to do that that was fulfilling to him so mm-hmm. as any person would well, when was the last time you felt fulfilled and you run towards that thing. Yeah. You know, I say all this because I've, I've witnessed it firsthand. I've seen that struggle. So I was even aware of that myself. Like going into this, I'm like, I know, and it still might be, maybe a year from now. And I'm like, you know what? I wish I was doing stuff again. Um, and that's that's a problem that I'll be more than happy to <laughs> solve later, you know. But like, I don't know. I, I always felt like I was preemptively trying to solve that problem. But it's like, you know what, why don't I just work with what I have and just be honest with myself at any given point and how I feel about, you know, either making the work or leading the work. 
Um, anyway, I, I say all that because again, I, I know that that that's kind of the the typical stereotype that's on people that you know make those advancements in their career, I suppose, or climbing that mm-hmm. sort of corporate ladder is that they're always looking down the ladder, reminiscing about how they used to be happy yeah. or something along those lines. Um, but I don't know. I guess for me, though, it's... <sighs> We're getting real deep in here, but um, there's a you have to have a, a battle with your identity at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You've spent... I mean, for me, I spent, I don't know, from I was a little kid, I was always telling people I wanted to be an artist, Um, always drawing things, trying to animate things, making videos. Um, So to be able to get to that point and then reach a kind of fork on the road of, do you want to keep doing that or do you want to explore other things? Yeah. And it's it's not it's not an easy decision of just like this or that. It's well, my entire identity is wrapped up in being an artist at this point. So mm-hmm. and this is a struggle that I think that everybody has is that like how do you or do you do you do you come to terms with your own identity, which is it's a very big thing to do, right? Like it's not it's not it's not as simple as just learning a new skill. It's you know, you have to face this existential uh, problem in your life and you have to think like okay is this who I am like can I do something else can I just completely stop doing all this stuff right now and start a restaurant uh, <laughs> a store like I don't know like you're faced with these decisions at any given point and like you have this ability to to change it you can do whatever that whatever you want um, and I think it can just be, it really weigh on people. For me, I was ready. I was ready to have a new challenge because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get it. I know what I have to do here to be good at this. I have to stay up with software. I have to keep practicing. Like it's, it's, it's difficult. It's not something, it's not a bike where you learn how to ride it and you're good. It's if you don't stay with it, you will fall off of it a little bit. Yeah. And I guess for me, I almost feel like in a way I was trying to, I don't know, retire at the top of my game, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I say all that stuff, but I'm like, I, if I decide tomorrow that I want to be an animator again, then that's what I'll do. I don't think that's what I'm going to do because again, I'm, I'm enjoying this, this new challenge. Um, and I don't know, it's it's really fun for me to be able to watch other people succeed. Um, to be able to help other people make really cool things. Like, no, they're the ones with their hands in this. Like, they're the ones that are responsible for making the cool stuff. But if I can help someone realize, like, oh, you know what? The silhouette on this character at this point, it's just not good. Um yeah. Like, we can fix that, and this whole thing is going to read way better. And also, your timing here is just, it needs to go a little bit faster. There's no rhythm to this. Like, I I can go through all of these things. I know the difference between good and bad. And Mm -hmm. to see somebody go from, like, 70% good to 90% good, 
And like, yeah, all I did was say a thing. But they did that. They got better at that thing. That's incredibly fulfilling to me to be able to see that. Well, and that comes into with like your personality as a teacher. Mm-hmm. It it really plays a big role in how you how you creative like how you are as a creative director. I think you're always looking for those opportunities of like how can I teach? How can I instruct? You know, where can I help? Right. Um, it is, and that's why I'm saying again. Like it's always like different to say that someone's a creative director there's so many different ways of being a creative director there is Mm -hmm. no job description for that role like yeah people try but it's one of these things where you're like i'm looking for a creative leader that understands what is good and bad and can communicate with Mm -hmm. others like that's such a vague (laughs) thing um but i don't know i guess going more towards that of like helping other people like that's to me that that's what it is i consider my job as creative director as i work for you all Mm -hmm. and i think that's the way it's supposed to be um where i think that a lot i think there are a lot of creative directors out there that are like no no this is mine and you all work for me and whatever that's totally fine with with them but for me that just it doesn't feel right I feel like it is supposed to be flipped where it's like, um, I don't know. And I, again, I'm, I'm not able to be the best creative director all the time because I'm also trying to operate, own and operate a business, which can take mm-hmm. uh, too much time. So it kind of brings up another thing, honestly, of like, are my days as creative director even numbered? Um, and probably I'm not ready to let go of that though. Yeah. So that's, that's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not, I, I haven't done what I set out to do just yet. And honestly, I don't, I don't think Matt that you'll, you'll ever fully let go of it. Even mm. if we were, you know, like, okay, we have a specific position. This is what they do. I still think there's a part of you that would kind of hop in and like, you know, okay, I'll creative direct this project in particular. I feel close to this. Right. That's that's kind of how I see your trans your transition in that. For sure, I can I can definitely see that too. What I can't do is creative direct ten different projects at the same time, not successfully yeah. anyway. So, and that's we're getting up there. We're starting to have more and more projects that that we do uh, on a monthly mm-hmm. basis. So that's why it's like I said, it's something that I have to start confronting, and I, I've already started, but like it's something that I I need to kind of get more serious about going into next year. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you always have to, to me, I think that those, those forks in the road, I think that those are super healthy to have for anybody, for anybody throughout their career. When you haven't had a fork in your path in like 10 years, that probably means that you've just accepted that, accepted the comfort basically. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I always feel like there should be these things that you're trying to decide on every few years. Um, but, yeah, so for me, that's that's just where it is. I guess getting back, though, to what I think makes a good creative director and any tips for that. I guess, again, what I would say is, like, again, you work for other people. They don't work for you. Um, like, your job is to be there and understand what the challenges that they're facing. Um Sometimes that's 
on a project. And honestly, sometimes that might be a little bit more on the personal side too. I mean, I'm not saying that like you're there to be a therapist or anything like that, but creativity is weird. It's not something that you just show up and it works from nine to five and then you're done for the day. That's why like our industry and our careers are super weird. Um, Cause it's just, I just don't think it is natural. I think it's kind of unnatural how we, how we work as creatives. Um, so I think that there is a part of it that is, um, trust, I guess, is a, is a very big part of being a creative director. And if as a creative director, you are just focused on the work all the time and, you know, cracking the whip and just trying to get the absolute greatest work out of people, it can work. I mean, some of the greatest (laughs) names that we know in the industry, that's who they were. They would crack the whip and, they made people they make people do anything. They, they created an environment where people did their absolute best work. Yeah. And for some people, it was great for them. And some people, it was horrible for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's always, that's one of the things that you have to balance. But if you, if you don't have trust in there as a director, you are not going to be very effective at all. So to me, that that's probably the thing that I, I try to focus a lot on is that trust aspect of things. And no, I don't specifically go out and be like, how can I get Shelby to trust me more today? <laughs> like, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's about making decisions that when you make a decision, it's, it's that everyone around you knows that you are making the best decision for everybody, not just yes. yourself. So that's what what's what I mean about trust. So sometimes it's doing things that I I don't want to do or sacrificing my wants for the team's wants. But then sometimes it has to go the other way around as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a balance. It 100% is a balance of relationships and um I don't know, pushing, but at the same time understanding what pushing too far looks like. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that? I, I, I relate to that a lot as a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the Myers Briggs personality tests, mm-hmm. which I don't put a lot of merit in, but I do find them interesting when people, when Same. people take them. Um, so my personality type is the advocate, which I think suits Right. But especially in my in my professional life, because I I am in my personal life, I'm a lot more with my personal projects, a lot more hands on creatively, where I'm directing, producing, writing, you know, production design, doing the full works and whatever I'm doing, or you know whether I'm designing something. But professionally, obviously, as a producer and as a writer, but as a producer, I'm I'm an advocate for ideas. And that's something that I really enjoy because I'm working both with an advocating for the artists and advocating for the clients and being able to find that balance. And that was something for me where hopping out of more of a creative place and going into something where, oh, you know, a lot of times producers, they're, they're not seen as very creative people. But I think there is a lot of creativity in that because you are trying to find the balance between what works for my artists, what works for my clients, how can I help both, how can I foster these relationships, 
how can I, how can I make people, you know, how do I, how do I earn trust with, with both of these people? There's, there's a lot of creativity in that, that I don't think, I think it gets overlooked because it's not, oh, you know, I'm not putting out this specific product. I'm not creating a a drawing. I'm not creating an animation. It's, it's a very different kind of creativity that I think also steps into a lot with being a creative director because you're also advocating. You're advocating for the ideas and specifically a lot when you're a creative director, you're advocating for your artists. And that's something that, that I think about a lot. Actually, Matt, I would be so interested to know what your Myers-Briggs personality is, but, um, but that's, that's something though that I think about for me personally is when I, when I clock in for the day, my goal is how can I make, you know, how can I make this day good for everyone involved? How can I keep people on that same page and how can I advocate for mm-hmm. for my artists and my clients to make sure that everyone feels heard, that their voices are all being heard? Right. And it's it's tough to do, um, mm-hmm. especially when you've got a lot of different personalities that you're you're yeah. working with, because and this this works for both producer and creative director here. But everybody's personality is a little bit different. So for me, that's why I'm always like, yeah, like I like the whole idea of the Myers-Briggs things, but I feel like there's just certain things that you can't measure and label. Well, we, we forget how multifaceted people right, are, right. especially especially when we're in a work environment or, I mean, obviously we all work remotely. We're seeing people on Zoom. Right. We know that, we know Zoom personalities, you know, and even when we finally got to meet each other in person, mm-hmm. it was, it was surprising how, how different we all are outside of, outside of Zoom personality. We're not just in our little squares. Right. So I, I think that that's, that's part of it too, is we forget how, how multifaceted the other person, like the person on the other side of the screen is. And it's, it's great when you can kind of dig into that and, and learn more about them and how they work. Right. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that even still, I mean, doing this for a couple of years now and feeling comfortable with it, like there's still so much that I learned still about mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, don't do that. Do this. Or, or just even noticing like, okay, is the team feeling inspired right now? Yeah. Um, that's probably the thing that I look at quite a bit. Um, sometimes it's easy to tell. Sometimes it's not. But mm-hmm. the... Sometimes you're like, I think that people are just kind of burned out right now. So yeah. for me, my general strategy is, all right, listen, I see everybody's burnt out right now. I'm like, let's just go all the way in and let's just see if, if people deny it, then I know that I was wrong. But more often than not, when I say things like that, people are like, yeah, it's, this has been a couple like really busy week or busy mm-hmm. couple weeks. And then I'm like, okay, great. Now I know um for the future what the symptoms are (laughs) and now i can act on this before it caused a bigger problem Hmm. and there's a lot of different ways to solve those problems but i don't know it's it's interesting i guess but um you know as the person on a project that is supposed to have kind of the overall creative vision for it i am definitely very I'll have the initial vision for it, but I'm always okay with that evolving too. So this is kind of a separate, mm-hmm. separate piece of advice here. I think that um, stress is caused from resistance. Did you just hear like, 
my yeah. So there's a two year old <laughs> in my house in case nobody could hear that, and he's just pushing things against the wall and rolling things. I think he has a <laughs> tower of cars that he's just slamming into the wall right now. I'm honestly so jealous. I really wish that I was doing that too. I sounds yeah. like fun. <laughs> yeah. I want a tower of cars so bad. That's what we need, Matt. <laughs> Made by things, tower of cars. All right. <laughs> we should do that. We'll do a little. Uh, I'll just give everybody all of the toys that my kids don't play with anymore. It'll be fun. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, for me, it's, yes, like I, I'm the first one that has this creative vision for how I think this project should work out. But once I send that thing to the team, for yeah. me, it's kind of fun to see how it evolves. Um, what I was saying is that like, resistance causes stress so i think this is another thing whenever there's certain creative directors that are so resistant on things changing it causes mm-hmm. them stress it causes the team stress but for me i don't know I, I i guess i just i love the organic nature of creativity and to me that's what makes unique things in this world is whenever, you know, I start with an idea of some kind, then you take it, you write something, that's not how I would have wrote it. Um, Then it goes over to art director, it's like, oh, that's not how I would have designed it. Um, And then animators are going, and it's like, oh, you know what, I would have done this. But, like, my job isn't to say what I would do. Unless somebody asks me, honestly. But for the most part, I'm like, here is your task. (laughs) Like, how do you want to proceed with this? Um... I just, I don't, to me, I, I think that's how you have a team that has that same ownership of an entire mm-hmm. project. Um, and I don't know, it, you can definitely get weird sometimes, I guess, but, um, for the most part, I think pretty amazing things happen when you just yeah. push the boat into the water and not try to get it back you know um yeah I don't, there, there's certainly times i guess for me it's like it starts it starts that way and then once we start to see things progressing it's like honestly i'm always looking at fundamentals and principles of things i'm looking at the absolute basics i think it's the craziest thing ever but like this is another reference to sports here get ready um but the best athletes they just focus on the fundamentals and they do them really, really well. Like, people will say, like, oh, they're really, like, gifted athlete. They're just really skilled. It's like, well, they're just really... I mean, they are, but they're really... They don't do anything that nobody knows. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, swinging a bat. Like, if you just focus on the fundamentals, and if they have a good, like, you know, three-step kind of swing, and, like, it's like, oh, they're doing exactly what we all know is the right way to do things. Yep. So I don't know. Anyway, so going back to what we do, um, there are basic principles of design and animation that everyone knows. It could be taught on your very first day of learning any of this, Mm -hmm. but somehow or another, we think it's a lot more complicated than that. And, it is because it takes a lot of experience to be able to see certain things. But mm-hmm. for me at this point, I'm looking at formulas and principles and 
I, fundamentals again. So yeah. looking at the writing, it's like, okay, uh, like, does the story actually make me feel something? If not, then let's revisit this. Why, why not? So for me, I'm like, okay, let's try to put this in some kind of structure here. Like, should it be like a hero's journey kind of thing? Should it be something else? Like, I don't know. Like, let's figure out how it might make more sense. Like, not at any point do I feel like our job is to just completely reinvent the wheel. I think we can use fundamentals and create something incredibly unique in the end. Mm -hmm. So then getting into uh, art direction, design, looking at fundamentals, patterns, shapes, colors, composition. And if something doesn't feel right, if something doesn't feel balanced, it's like, well, why? Does that help tell the story if it's unbalanced? Like, why use this color? Why use this pattern? So, like, for me, as a creative director, I'm just, I'm questioning those things and allowing for new creative collisions to basically happen. So, it's like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have put a pattern right there, but that actually does help tell that story a little bit better. So, let's mm-hmm. roll with that. Um, or it's like, okay, how how you may have treated an image like some of the photography that's in this project. Like why why did we use this color correction? Why not something else? Um Shelby knows what project I'm talking about now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um but it's just it to me it's it's fascinating to to see the decisions that people make. And if I can't from a fundamental standpoint critique something anymore, then it's ready for the next place. Mm-hmm. Now, I, we make stuff that, like, me personally, I don't, I don't know, aesthetically, I'm like, eh, well, it's okay. There are times where that happens, but, like, that's like um, a country singer loving rap. Yep. Like, yeah, it happens, and that's, that's great. Like, so, like, there are things out there in the world that I, like, we sometimes make things that I'm, like, I'm not the audience for, or I'm not mm-hmm. the... I don't know. There are, there are other people that will love this in the world. And I just, I'm like, okay, well, do I feel like we're hitting that? Again, did we follow the fundamentals? Does this look like a professional piece? Like, great, mm-hmm. let's move on to the next thing. So then animation. Animation is probably the biggest thing. I'm really going on here, sorry. Um, no, 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 this is interesting. Uh, for animation, it's like, okay, well, we have 12 principles that were given to us by Frank and Alley. So let's just follow those. These same principles mm-hmm. have been around for almost 100 years now. Like, let's pay attention. And, you know, okay, like, depending on, like, the amount of ease that we put into things. Like, okay, wh- why did we ease that much? Should we not ease at all? Like, it's asking those questions of, like, why did we make those fundamentals on those decisions? Um, the staging of the character, the silhouette, like I was saying before, like, is it does the silhouette read by itself or is it just kind of a jumbled mess right now um to me that's one of those things like for like traditional explainers the uh like uh, hi this is bob and bob has a big problem with the world um that's one of the biggest problems that they have like they can make characters but they're so stiff and there's no personality to them so we know that as long as we follow those these fundamentals, we can get personality in anything. And we did that with a lot of our stop motion work recently, where it's like just following some basic fundamentals of like easing 
And instead of a straight line, let's put things on an arc. Because um, nothing in the real world actually moves in straight lines. Everything is moving on an arc, rotating, basically, in a sense. Um, so it's like little stuff like that, like f- some follow-through of a movement. It, it's physics. It's, if we follow basic rules of physics, then things are going to look more real. So like, anyway, I, I say all this because it's like, that's, that's all I'm looking for in any given point is like, I'm just paying attention to those fundamentals of every single stage. And yes, it is something that takes a long time to be able to, you know, have secondhand nature of just, you know, not having to, not having to go down a list and be like, okay, how are the patterns here? Patterns are okay. <laughs> um, like that's, that's not what, what I do. It's, to me, it's, okay, something doesn't feel right. What doesn't feel right about this? You don't know until you really think about it. And then you start to figure out a couple of things where it's like, oh, okay, like maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Um, I don't know. Once you start to drill deep into something, you end up with a full page of notes for somebody. But it's not about just your own personal preferences. It's about how can we make this fundamentally better? Mm-hmm. And um, to me, I, I think that's what a creative director's job is right there. And I think that that's how you become a good creative director. All right. I was talking for a while. You go ahead now. No, 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 no. That's good. I do have one last question before we kind of wrap things up. Okay. As a creative director and something that I've watched you do before. So I've kind of learned your pattern with this. But um, as a creative director, if if a client likes something or doesn't like something, you know, if and it goes against what you had kind of looked at as a creative director and what your artists have kind of chosen to do to do with something, how do you handle that that kind of feedback as a as a director? I try to be as honest and open about those things. That's another thing that can cause a lot of resistance and stress. Like if you're, are you resisting the client? It's going to create a bad relationship. So again, I, I think that the role as a creative director is to keep an open mind throughout the entire process, whether that's with yourself, with the team or with the client. Um, so I guess the first thing for me is like understanding like, okay, if they want something different, why? Because they're offering up a solution, but there's, I bet you there's more than one solution to this problem. There are so many times where we go into a meeting and they're like, uh, it's just not, it's just not working right now. And it's like, wow, that sounds awful. That sounds like we're going to have to start over. Um, but then after having a little bit more of a conversation about it, being like, well, what, what specifically doesn't feel good about this? And then when we can start labeling certain things, because they're having the same thing that a trained creative director has, right? Something just doesn't feel right. Like, that's just how everybody feels about these things. Yeah, It either feels good or it doesn't. So there's always an initial reaction. And that's why, for me, it's always key to understand what's that initial reaction first. They might say, like, oh, man, we feel great about this. But then they give you a long list of notes. But you know that it's probably a little bit more forgiving. And you might have a little bit more flexibility as far as how you handle some of those notes as long as they're feeling Mm -hmm. great about it that's kind of that's a a big part of it but now if they don't feel great about it and they only have a couple notes 
it can be really easy just to just do whatever they're asking for because you're like, oh shit, they're not happy. I need to just do exactly what they need at this point. Um, but for us, it's always really important to have those conversations to be able to read people a little bit more beyond the notes because that the notes themselves don't tell the story. The the actual conversation and and like you were saying before, like even just being able to build that trust with them to be able to mm-hmm. say like myself, I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm not honestly happy with this part right here. That always raises eyebrows anytime that I say that because they're like, you're telling me that's something that you've done, like you're not super happy with yet. Like, yeah, it happens. We're not happy with something until the end, honestly. Like, it's just kind of how it goes. Um, but I, there's just, there has to be a real conversation there. Anyway, what I was saying before is like, you might find that if somebody's not feeling good about something and they only have a couple notes, maybe it's like just a simple change. Maybe it's just the color of this whole thing is just mm-hmm. wrong. And that can be changed in like 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, we're feeling great about this. And it's like, wow, like it was that easy, huh? Like you're telling me that I looked at one of the fundamentals of color <laughs> and adjusted <laughs> and now you love it. Um, so I think that that is part of the job of a creative director as well is to understand how to. I mean, we all, we all want to make things that people love, right? That That's pretty much a given. Um but when we work with a client, it's their project too. It's not just ours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we worked with a client recently that, um, on a project that won awards and their whole team is being congratulated, uh, by other internal team members. And, yep. um, just, they feel like they were a really big part of this, which they were. And yep. to me, I'm like, that's that's it that's it right there there are so many people involved in this in this project there was only one person laying keyframes into this project but there are so many more involved in certain ways and everyone felt the same ownership and to me like that that's what we're trying to do here um it's not as simple as just making this art piece that goes into a museum by yourself like that's not what we do we, you know, we create videos for people, but there's just a relationship component of it that is just so much more important than mm-hmm. any one step, basically. So, I don't know. So for me, like, whenever those issues might arise, um, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm actually loving this right now on where this is at, but let me understand why you don't love this. Because that's important, too. Um, and, you know, when you restart drilling down like that, you might, again, might figure out, like, okay, you know what? We need to change some of this stuff up. I think we could still make this in a way that we still love it and they love it. Um, but it just, it takes a conversation and sometimes multiple. Um, but it's, I don't know, again, for me, though, it's, whether it's the client or the team or myself, it's listening for the unspoken clues. Mm -hmm. I guess I feel like a detective in some ways. Um, And reading much deeper into everything. Maybe that's a problem sometimes, but like, (laughs) I think that's part of our job is to, to read deeper into 
why did we choose to use that color? Why did we, why are we animating things on that pacing? Like, what about the timing of the edit? Why are we doing that? Why does the client not like (laughs) this right now? Um, You know, why does Shelby seem like she's just completely checked out for this, oh, this project? No, it's never happened. But like, (laughs) Like, I know, I'm going to say, oh my gosh, no, man. <laughs> here's my review right here. This is it. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's constantly looking into the things that aren't actually being said. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to fix everything necessarily, but I am trying to figure out what things might be contributing to good or bad work being mm-hmm. done. You know, I say all that. I've never actually vocalized any of this stuff before. And it does sound a lot more complex than how I made it sound in the beginning. But I think that it's just... uh, Going into my final thoughts here, uh, I'm just going to say that this whole thing is about keeping an open mind. It's keeping an open mind of career transitions, keeping an open mind of what is good, what is bad, in your own Mm -hmm. eyes. Open mind about the team and how they work through things and how they solve problems. I think the most successful creative directors lead people in that way of just keeping an open mind and letting others have ownership of the things that we are making. Shelby, any final thoughts? Uh, My final thoughts. I like that. I like the ideas of uh, keeping an open mind. And I, I would agree. It's determining when and if you're ready to be a creative director and keeping an open mind that maybe even after you become one, you can always go back. Right, right. You, you can always, and, and that's something that I think that, and we've had that discussion before of at all progress is progress, mm-hmm. even if you revert back to something else. Mm. You know, even if, like, for instance, you move out of your house, you end up having to move back home or something, that's okay. That's okay. It's still progress. Right. And if you become a creative director and you realize you're not comfortable with it, it's okay to be able to go back. And that's... that should be validated and I I think that for creative directors so much of it is maintaining the integrity of the project maintaining that trust with your client with your artists letting them be able to trust you and you trusting them because that's what really harvests good relationships and lets everyone feel involved in a project for when they win awards and everyone can feel validated by that and feel like they were a part of something bigger right Love it. All right. This has been a successful podcast. Uh, okay. Uh, it was, it was good as always, uh, chatting with you, Shelby. Thank you for joining. And to everyone else out there in podcast land, I love you. Bye. The command Z show is created by made by things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.